Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leavingalegacy. Magic is power. My name's Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? Not much, Pat. It is a new week and a new round of legacy to talk about. I'm excited. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, we got the. Um, so we decided it's just Jerry and I this week, and uh, the the new five O lists from the Legacy Leagues came out, and I kind of like took a quick look at it on 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 uh, uh, Reddit earlier today, and I was like, oh, there's a couple things in here i don't look at the 50 list every week uh, which is like a good habit to have i think in general but i just don't don't generally do it um there's a bunch of stuff in here that looks kind of spicy and kind of interesting so i thought maybe we could talk about it today yeah let's do it uh you know one of the best side effects of uh, a meta shakeup is you start seeing a hell of a lot more spicy spicy meatballs of a list and mm-hmm. they're uh, definitely floating to the top and yeah we have the the 50 list which i mean isn't as impressive as you know a top eight or, or something like that just because it's it's easy to just get back into the queue and i don't know if any of the spicy players do this but it's also fairly common sometimes for people who are trophy chasing will just like drop the league if they get a loss mm-hmm. <laughs> you know even if it's like they're they're three and oh and they get a loss like fuck it i, I need that i need those trophies so yeah yeah <laughs> all that's just to say that it's a lot easier to play a multitude of leagues and you know get five o's right you now we don't really know if if these decks are actually tier one comp- contenders compared to just their pilots like to play a whole lot of legacy <laughs> right 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 yeah no that's it's absolutely but also let's take it it's a cool way to see like some decks that are, I mean, if something five O's, you might see it at a big tournament. You know what I mean? It might be in the first couple of rounds, but it's always good to kind of have those things on your radar. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's a great idea way to like see new interactions and kind of mm-hmm. get inspiration for other lists as well. You know, this is something we talked about when we had Gavin on the cast mm-hmm. was, you know, one of the biggest downsides of blue red Delver being so powerful for so long is they really squashed innovation and, yeah. you know, people just like, People were so uninterested in the format that they weren't even looking for new stuff anymore because it just wasn't fun for them. Yep. Yeah. And now that, you know, the monkey has gone to the band pile, uh, we're starting to see that kind of innovator spark come back, which is great to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, let's dive right into it because there's some uh, some spicy stuff in here. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, up first, we got Armageddon Prison from uh, Punishing Waterfalls. Also, by the way, uh, for anyone knowing, we're basing our lists off the uh, MTG Legacy Reddit post uh, that mm-hmm. gets posted every week, the uh, the 5-0 Legacy League list, which uh, Chronicler has handily broken down into full spice, semi-spice uh, for us, kind of calling out the, the easy stuff, just making our jobs just a little bit easier. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, because whenever we're like a little short on uh, subject matter for the week, we can always go to Reddit and find like a nice little broken down list. Some of the work's already done. You mean, you mean what, great. You mean whenever I've been slacking and haven't booked a guest for us? Uh, yeah, you say slacking. I say, you know, it, it's 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 a, it's a team effort, Jerry. It's not just you running the show. So, uh, yeah, I also haven't booked a guest in about three years. So, it's, <laughs> um, but no, Pat, I'm, I'm don't hire Pat it. as your agent. It will not. Oh, no, no, well. no. Listen, if you need something wired in your house, I'm the I'm your guy. But anything else, don't count on me for it. <laughs> um but yeah so we the first thing we have is this uh 
what what does he have it yeah armageddon prison list from punishing waterfalls which this is the, the, for 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 what it's worth this is the second time we started recording this episode because we had a major delay in the last one but we've mentioned punishing waterfalls before i feel like i've heard that name i mean i've definitely heard that name before on, on magic online yeah I, I we might we, know who it is but if someone knows can you let us know because they always have the spiciest li- like lists going around yeah, we've definitely talked about their list in the past, and I feel someone has told us who it is, but um, if someone uh, is friends with Punishing Waterfalls and can put us in touch, you know, we'd love to have them on the cast and talk, about, talk about their uh, their deck building. Yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, let's take a look at this list because it, it it's reminiscent of a super cool legacy list that unfortunately never sees play because mm-hmm. of how expensive it is, and it's the, the four moat deck, which is... You know, something you don't see very often just because uh, not many players in the world possess four moats. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, it's, it's Tell me why, of, Jerry. Tell uh, me why. Well, it's an extremely expensive card and it's not that good. Wait, why is it, why is it so expensive? <laughs> is it because a lot of people play that card all the time? Is that no, why? No, it's because. Wait, uh, is, it, is it like a super rare premium foil that everyone needs to have that's hard to get? No, not even foil. Not even really? foil. Not even yeah. foil? No. No. Is no. it is it only available in like foreign languages? Was it part of like a you know a limited release set? Like why is it so expensive, Jerry? You could say it was a limited release set. You know the <laughs> most limited of limited release sets. <laughs> or of course, talking about the reserve list. Yeah. Uh, and moat unfortunately kind of has the problem. I mean, last I checked, it was like four hundred dollars for a moat. Let's see what they're going for now. Probably. Oh like- gosh, it's it's. It's only going to make you sad, Jerry. Yeah, since I sold my moat, you know, right before COVID. Um, yep. <laughs> I sold my moat, uh, what, like two, three years ago now at this point, pre- point for. Was it that long ago? Man. Great. It was like, I, 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 I guess before COVID, right? That was 2020. So, yeah. Dude, I messed up big. I sold my tabernacle. I sold my moat. I sold my chains of Mephistopheles. Like, Sold all those like good legends cards right before COVID and their prices just skyrocketed. So still kicking myself. I sold my moat three years ago for uh, $400 and right now they're going for about $1,200 for moderately played. So that's, that's yeah, eh. That doesn't feel great. Just remember, guys. <laughs> that doesn't never sell reserveless cards. <laughs> never sell, only buy. Never sell, yeah. only buy. <laughs> yep. And uh, but yeah, so twelve hundred. So unfortunately, uh, the four moat list is super cool. Unfortunately, not many people own four twelve hundred dollar cards that don't mm-hmm. see play in literally any other legacy deck. <laughs> yeah. You know when the you know when the last time I saw moat registered, Pat. It was because What's I that? registered it. <laughs> that was the last time I saw Moat like, registered in a legacy tournament. But uh, so that, that list is sweet. Unfortunately, no one can really play it. And it looks like Punishing Waterfalls has kind of taken a similar idea and adapted it and just cut the moats out completely. Yeah. Um, it's like a mono white prison deck. It looks like the play patterns would be kind of similar to, you know, Moon Stompy, mm-hmm. uh, but instead of, you know, being red based, it's white based. So mm-hmm. it's got a lot of fast mana in the form of Ancient Tombs, City of Traders, Mox Diamonds, uh, and they use that to power out some prison three drops of Trinisphere. Uh, Chalice of the Void isn't a three drop, but you get the picture. Um, and then also uh, having things like uh, Crucible of Worlds is another big three drop. And then also, of course, the first creature on the list, Arkan of Ameria, uh, mm-hmm. two and a white for a two, three flying. 
Each player can't cast more than one spell each turn and non-basic lands your opponents control. So not symmetrical, only your opponents, those enter the battlefield tapped, which I think it's cool. Archon's kind of seen playing this because when it yeah. first came out, we saw it see a little bit of play in death and taxes. Mm-hmm. And then Death and Taxes kind of cut it just because that three drop slot is super competitive. Yeah, it's 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 competitive. It's also not tutorable, you know, so that's not that's a kind of a knock against as well. Right. Yeah, you'd think so. Oh, more toughness is better. But uh, having three toughness means it can't be recruiter of the guard, which actually is a downside for uh, for that that creature. But it is cool at seeing, you know, four of play in this list. And then rounding out the creature suite is the three solitude, which is kind mm-hmm. of more just the um, source of plowshares, which is actually mm-hmm. cool because it's a source of plowshares that gets around uh, Chalice of the Void. Right. You know, you yep. know the deck isn't playing any uh, source of plowshares just because it, it does. It's a non-bow when you're running four Chalice, but exactly. solitude actually gives it some removal that it can uh, kind of sneak in there. Yep. Um, and then it looks like kind of for the the haymaker. Uh, in the moat list, what they used for a haymaker was Baneslayer Angel, which is a, a cool cool card. But uh, now uh, Punishing Waterfalls is upgrading that uh, to Timeless Dragon. Right. Which is the three white, white, flying, five, five, mm-hmm. plane cycling for two. And then it has Eternalize for two white, white. So is this just like because you're able to like get it, get it out there if it gets killed or it gets it gets, you know whatever you're able to eternalize it. Is that why it just has a little bit of, you know, honestly more the plane cycling aspect. So as we'll get okay. into it, that plane cycling uh, is super useful in a deck like this. And can you explain how that works when it's plane cycling too. So plane cycling two means you can pay two mana and discard mm-hmm. this card to search your library for a planes and oh. put it into, I forget if it's player hand, I think it's your hand. It's been a while oh, since, I've, since I've played a, uh, a there, there's a whole cycle of them. You know, there's right. like forest cycling, mountain cycling. It was uh, introduced and in, I want to say legions was the, uh, was the first set to have it. Okay. Um, and it's just a way it, it's always put on like really big flashy, expensive cards. Mm-hmm. And it was originally designed as a, uh, a draft mechanic. Because, you know, wizards were thinking of ways like, how do we have people put these big, expensive, exciting creatures in their deck, but not have the feel bad situations of it being early game, not having any lands and having these big, beefy, useless creatures that you can't cast. Right. So I believe it was Mark Rosewater came up with the mechanic as a way to, you know, have your cake and eat it too, where you can have these really expensive um creatures and spells and then put this mechanic on it that allows you to t- still make use out of them early, early in the game. game yeah so plane cycling does put it in your hand by the way i just looked it up yeah, yeah i, I thought, thought i thought i've it was, never played it the play would be a little too broken <laughs> yeah i've never had a, a land cycling card before that's really interesting i've never it, played one i should say it's really fun it's a really fun draft mechanic like honestly yeah, I, I, I i love any set uh it was in one of the masters either eternal masters or, or something like that mm-hmm. um oh i think it's vintage masters online had them but okay yeah any draft set that has like plane cycling you know any sort of land cycling mechanic is a super fun draft set like i think it's one of the most perfectly designed draft mechanics that wizards has come up with yeah anything that like you know has that that utility in the early game but also becomes a good card to play in the late game is always just it's just a it's a win in any draft format 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's also cool when, you know, mechanics designed specifically for draft end up seeing play, you know, in competitive constructed decks. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder how often they're using the plane cycling mechanic in this deck, though, just because they have so many ways to power it out early. No, I think City of Two, Ancient Tomb, City of Traders, things like that. No, I think pretty often because they're basically having their cake and eating it, too, of. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to come up with another idiom pretty soon since I'm, I'm overusing that one. But uh, you just go like turn one ancient tune plane cycling. Oh, OK, throw down the yeah, planes yeah. and then like mox diamond and then eternalize it on turn two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's pretty cool, actually. Because if you think about it, if you plane cycle and then eternalize, you're actually casting it for a discount. It's only four. Right. It does. And it does come back as a five. four four, but it, it retains its flying ability. Right. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it, a, yeah, it's just a four four instead of a five five. Yeah, that's that's not nothing on turn two. That's pretty. What cool, what does eternalize do? Does it also like it makes them like so black? It, I want to say yeah. So what you do is you exile it from your graveyard. You put a copy of it into play. That's a token. That a token copy of it that just has uh, it's a four four black creature that yeah. has zombie added to its. Oh, uh, uh, that's the other thing. Type. I knew there was like one other like little aspect of eternalize yeah. that you got to and yeah. it's they get the zombie creature type. Yep. 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 Um. So yeah, that's pretty kind of a cool creature suite just 10 creatures but um all of them like aren't they're not just creatures in in, a, in and of themselves they all have some kind of utility in the deck which is obviously part of you know that's just legacy for you yeah exactly and uh getting into the sorcery suite uh the reason why i think plane cycling actually is pretty relevant is running uh six <laughs> land destruction mm-hmm. <laughs> uh wipes we got two armageddon uh, two ravages of war, and then oh, I'm sorry, uh, I was uh, my thing was off. So four, four land destruction of four arm, uh, two Armageddon, and two ravages of war, both of which are four mana sorceries that say destroy all lands on yep. them. Yep. Um. So yeah, I mean that's uh, gonna be a bad day. It's gonna be a bad day for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sweet. You don't really see these types of effects in legacy anymore. Like um, death and taxes will still run cataclysm, mm-hmm. which is kind of the same, the, the same effect. But man, I remember back when like boil was a main deckable yeah. car- card in legacy. <laughs> like those were the days like you go, yeah. you get paired against Merfolk. And you're like, hell yeah, I got yeah. three, three boils in my sideboard. Oh, my I'm three ready. boil list. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, mass land destruction like that is super fun. Yep. Unfortunately, wizards don't really print it anymore because wizards, for some reason, wizards, for some reason, hasn't realized that, uh, fun is a zero sum game. I magic. agree completely, Jerry. The 100%. less fun my opponent is having, the more fun I'm having. Always, always. And, uh, you know, nothing really epitomizes that more than some Armageddon or some ravages of war and just yep. wiping out all the lands and, of course, that also wipes out uh, our lands, yep. uh, which is why I feel um, things like Timeless Dragons help you, you know, re refill the uh, the lands in your deck. And then also, yep. I was going to say they have a couple artifacts in there that'll help them do that as well. Well, yeah. So Mox, so that's another way they get advantage is like Mox Diamond and Mox Opal. Don't get Crucible destroyed. of Worlds. They have three of those as well. Yep, Crucible Worlds allows you to kind of rebuild your mana base, but then mm-hmm. also there's things in the lands uh, like Flagstones of Charcare, which is a legendary land that taps for white, and it says when it's put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may search your library for a planes yeah. card and put it onto the battlefield tapped. Yep. yep. Um, then shuffle your library. So um, lots of lots of ways for this deck to kind of recoup 
after a uh, land board wipe and, you know, kind of redeploy its lands much faster than their opponent. Mm-hmm. I saw he's running a one copy of Shadow Spear in here, and I'm curious, like, is is that just for the light, the trample aspect of it? Uh, I mean, it gets plus one, plus one trample lifelink, which is cool and all. Is it just for the for the trample aspect? Though? It, like, it's just I mean, they need something to tutor with the Urza saga. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I mean, yeah, they can grab a Mox Diamond or a Mox Opal, but if they, you know, if it's later in the game and they don't really need the mana, like the Shadow Spear is just kind of a target for Urza Saga to grab. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I wonder if they would run something like Thopter Foundry. I'd, I'd have to see the list play. Maybe it doesn't have like the mana each turn for Thopter Foundry, but I feel well, if you're destroying lands constantly, maybe not. Yeah, that's true. Like they might, they might just not ever have enough mana in play, but um. Yeah. Yeah, the Shadow Spear is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I'm sure the ability of like permissive opponents control lose hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. Mm-hmm. Like that's not gonna come up every game, but I'd be surprised if it if it didn't come up like maybe once a tournament. Like, yeah. There, there's enough things where that could be relevant for. So can we talk about the two t- the two cards to really give this deck the prison name, which is Chalice the four Chalice of the Void and the Four Trinosphere? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seeing those uh come back into play is nice. I mean. Uh, Chalice of the Void has, and Trinisphere have really lost a lot of oomph over mm. the past couple of years because Wizards keeps printing stuff with alternate mana costs that are not, not mana costs, but alternate casting options yeah. that, that don't get affected by Chalice of the Void. Yep. I'm, I'm completely blanking, but there's a like destroy artifact or enchantment that uh, gets around things like Trinisphere and yeah. uh, Chalice of the Void. But anyways, I mean, with, with all of these, um, you know, different cards that are seeing play that get around the chalice, you know, mm-hmm. chal- chalice isn't what it, it used to be. Trinosphere somewhat, um, you know, the interactions don't hit Trinosphere as badly, but uh, chalice of the void especially has been suffering. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting this kind of come back and I wonder if it's going to catch people by surprise or if it's just something that kind of people mainly shrug off. Yeah. Um, and then also getting into uh I also love just any deck that runs the chal- the uh Crucible of Worlds Wasteland combo. Cause you can just sit there and just chalice the void or not chalice <laughs> crucible wasteland your opponent yep. every turn. Yep. <laughs> uh and then also special shout out. He's running 61 cards. I'm always gonna love is that the one shadow list. spear? Is that the yeah, one the shadow, shadow the shadow spear is the one of <laughs> I love that. Um, and then, oh, the sideboard's pretty spicy too, Pat, because in alternate uh, win condition, he's running four Karn the Great Creator with yep. uh, the liquid metal coating and Microsynth and Lattice. Mic- yeah, yeah, I've, been, I've had that happen to me before. It is not the most fun thing, but it's cool when it, when it, it's cool when it happens. But uh, yeah, he's also at the four ley line. So, you know, against the graveyard decks there, uh, and, you know, and other other recursion decks like that, three Magus of the, of the Tabernacle uh, and then the Snaring Bridge. Yeah. And another prismatic ending, a third prismatic ending in the sideboard. Yeah, so definitely kind of a cool list, list, actually, Jerry. No, for sure, for sure. I mean, I I want to give it a try. I wonder how much of this runs on Magic Online because a lot of these cards are a lot cheaper on Magic yeah. Online. Check so, it out. I want to give this a run. I'm going to see how it goes. Okay. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I would like to hear what happens. I'm going to come back next week and be like, yeah, there's one card in Magic Online that I overlooked that's like 150 tickets and I can't yeah. run it because that's just, that's just it, Jerry. You're a baller. Stop. That's lying. the story of my life. You're you're a baller. <laughs> um, what do we got next, Pat? What do we got next? So we have uh, Ella one who is running uh, Naya Punishing Synthesizer Painter. 
<laughs> so that's a nice tight uh, deck name, which I uh, appreciate quite a bit. Uh, this is like uh, this is like a painter deck. So you got like um, welder, painter, servant, um, like the punishing fire, uh, like the grindstone, like combination there, right? But it's yeah. also running. Um, so it's running four once upon a time. It's running pun- two punishing fire. Uh, I, I sorry, I meant pyroblast, not punishing fire. Uh, the pyroblast, uh, a bolus of citadel. Four experimental synthesizer. Now, this is a card that I didn't didn't know, so I'm gonna read it out loud. It's a single red. He's running four of these. Uh, single red artifact. When experimental synthesizer enters the, or leaves the battlefield, exile the top card of your library until end of turn. You may play that card for two and a red. Sacrifice experimental synthesizer. Create a two-two white samurai creature token with vigilance. Activate only as a sorcery. Uh, so is this like every time it goes like you, when you're able to weld it out? and weld it in you're able to exile cards off the top of your library and then play them as you see fit until end of turn is that uh, kind of the enter or leaves the battlefield right so when you yeah. weld it weld it out weld it in yep yep okay that's interesting uh also running a lion's eye three lotus petal a mox opal portable hole and yeah lantern from the uh dungeon dragon set mm-hmm. yeah that's a single white Artifact when it enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent, and opponent controls with mana value two or less until portable hole leaves the battlefield. Yep, and then using because it's an artifact, you can use the welders and engineer to uh, reset it. Yep, yeah, that's that's pretty cool actually. Um, the land base uh, two mesa, four great furnace, four grove, two Ooh. mountain plateau, two taiga, four saga, two foothills. What what are you ooing over there, Jerry? What did you see? So I'm thinking like a line of play. You can also use the portable hole as a protection spell for your painter servants. Sure. So, so like if they try and like bolt your painter servant or something like that, or uh, source of plow shares, it is probably the bigger uh, one to be worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just portable hole it in and out of play uh, right. to, to dodge the source of plow shares. Yeah. So if you have a, if you have a welder that's untapped, your painter serve and you have a portable hole in hand or sorry, a portable hole in your graveyard, uh, like the 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 painter servant is always protected essentially yeah though i guess that's less relevant because also if you wanted to you could just painter servant you could just weld the painter servant to your graveyard <laughs> oh true. I, guess, I guess there's like a line of play is like maybe they have like you think they have like a surgical extraction or something like that and okay yeah that's actually not that's not a bad a bad point yeah it's just it's just a it's a cool line of play that's probably not going to come up very often if ever but yeah it's hey, just like you know what you just thought nice of it, Jerry, and that's really mad it's just nice to know it exists <laughs> yeah absolutely no that's cool this is man i always i i kind of like painter server decks like it's not the kind of style of deck i like to play personally like or i would play but um i just love the way people are like so passionate about painter servant decks they don't like letting them go and this is a kind of a cool it's kind of taking some of the new cards and and, and shoving them in here which i think is pretty sweet um so once upon a time i'm trying to see how this uh okay so you just play this on turn one and they just look at the top five okay so just kind of like it's like a nice little tutor for your welder or painter servant i guess yeah i really wonder how much the experimental synthesizer speeds the deck up um because it does give you the extra card draw but you only get it for however many like welder effects you have like i know right uh, previously, the welder would use, pair it with. Um, man, my brain is just not working tonight. But the band card <laughs> that's that, Tuesday, Jerry. That's why it, this uh, is not we're, our, we're, we're off. Yeah, 
it's banned. It's an artifact for one mana. You can pay a snow land to make any color, and when it comes into play, it draws a card. Uh, uh, I, I, have, I have no idea. It, it dominated magic for you know a solid year, and everyone complained and belly aches that it was Deathrite Shaman 2.0. Oh, oh my god. Um, it's oh not icy. God. I always want to call it icy manipulator, and it's not icy manipulator. But anyways, <sighs> our listeners know the card that I'm talking about. Yeah, they hate us right now. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> that used to be that used to be what was paired with the uh, the welder effects as the card advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess this uh, synthesizer is kind of taking that slot, kind of helping it speed up a little bit. Yep. Uh, anything else in the list you wanted to uh, take a no, look at? I mean, it looks all looks pretty uh, seed time. Oh, this is a isn't this card that wait seed time dude i love seed time time. hell yeah was this a card that that uh adrian would talk about in painter decks i'm trying to remember maybe uh i mean i would i would talk about seed time i i have i have a play set of foil seed times that i'm waiting for uh to have a you know a use (laughs) (laughs) well here you go it's one a green instant Play seed time only during your turns. I don't know why it's an instant then, but okay. Uh, I guess it is an instant. I guess it's an instant during your turn. But anyway, take an extra turn after this one. If an opponent played a blue spell this turn, that's pretty cool. One in a green it's instant. Huh? Yeah. I mean, not there. I mean, you, it's one of those cards that you feel should be more relevant than it is, but mm. it's just such a narrow use case. It just doesn't come up that often. Yeah. I mean, it's great in response to like a force of will on your something of yours or a daze on something of yours, but it is two mana. It's not like it's free, you know? So, right. It's exactly, exactly. Um, Veil of Summer has definitely also replaced it, you know? <laughs> true, true. Taxing Naya Zoo. It's a little further down on the list here, so it took me a second to get to it. By Swift War Kite 2. This is another 5-0. Oh, Goblin Guide. Okay. I don't see those very often. So for, this is just like a... I mean, it's a Naya Zoo deck, right? Uh, it's got uh, four Bone Crusher Giant, four Eidolon of the Great Revel, four Esper Sentinel, uh, four Goblin Guide, four Thalia, a uh, little Thalia, uh, four Wild Nakatl, and um, four Prismatic Endings. It's running four Bolts. For once upon a time, two swords to plowshares, and its creature suite is basically what you'd expect. Kind of a cool list, actually. Just a, a nice little zoo list. I guess the 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 taxing aspect of it is the Thalia yeah. and the Esper Sentinel, I suppose. Uh eh, probably not. Probably just a Thalia, I guess, right? And I guess Eidolon is kind of a tax effect <laughs> in in one respect. <laughs> uh I guess so. Yeah, the tax <laughs> taxing might be a bit of a stretch. Yeah, yeah. But it's 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 red white, you know, red white uh green uh zoo. Yeah. I mean cool. it's sweet to see zoo make a comeback. I mean yeah. did we we were talking about zoo last week too. There was a zoo list in the um oh no, that was a maverick list, sorry. Uh but I mean the cheap, you know, non-blue creature decks are seeming to make a little bit of comeback, you know, yeah. the meta shifting in their favor a bit. Yep. Yep. Uh Pat, I have an update for you. I uh I, I found it. Arkham's Astrolabe is the card. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny that that was like such a big deal for such a long time and now i just can't remember it at all <laughs> well it was just one of the again it was one of those cards that was annoying that everyone was playing and it made yeah it's yeah 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 you already uh, made the case against it also i'm not gonna be able to play the uh, mono white prison deck pat because it's uh about a thousand tickets what on, on magic online 
what is a thousand tickets about that deck? Uh, for Urza Saga. And then Jerry, just spring for him, please be the hero we all need. <laughs> four Mox Diamonds and three Solitude. Solitudes are $50 each on Magic Online. Do we need to start a GoFundMe, Jerry, so you can play expensive Magic Online decks? Like, I honestly want to, like, I, I think I'm just going to cancel my rental service because I literally cannot play any decks anymore. Like, there's no decks that is actually affordable in the rental services. Yeah, that's kind of shitty. It uh, definitely sucks. It's not enjoyable. <laughs> But say la vie. I guess I'll just, you know, play sneak and show through another league. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Um, all right. Do we want to talk about this Esper? Demi- do we want to talk about this Zulus anymore? I think it's kind of, it is what it is, right? It's cool. Yeah, Zulus, there's but- not like too much spicy about it more than just like, oh, Zoo is, is 5 owing. That doesn't yeah, exactly. happen very often. Exactly. <laughs> I, I do want to talk about this next deck, though. This e- Esper Demi-back. Yeah, I think it's only called, well, it's because it's piloted by Demi Chiking. Chiking? Oh, I thought it was because it's running uh, Demi God of Revenge. I'm assuming that's why. I'm assuming. Uh, but yeah, so this is, well, Jerry, I was trying to bury the lead a little bit, but Jerry already kind of ran right into it there. But it's running uh, for the <laughs> head first. Four Strix, four Demi God of Revenge, which is, uh, it costs five uh, Rakdos, right? So black red hybrid. It's yep. a 5-4 creature spirit avatar with flying haste. Uh, when you cast it, uh, return all cards named Demigod of Revenge from your graveyard to the battlefield. So it's because, it's, you know, with Demigod of Revenge, you think it'd be a legendary creature, but it's not. So that's pretty cool. There there must was, be a there's, a, there's a lot of revenge to go around, Pat. I get, there's a lot of yeah, revenge. And it's only a Demigod, right? So they're not really, they don't really get a full, you know, they're not, they're not fully on their own, right? Right. Uh, but they, they do have a few ways of getting these because you really want to get like a couple of these bad boys in the graveyard first. Right. I'm assuming. Yeah. I mean, that's really uh, how it's, I mean, it, it's not playing modern. I don't know mm-hmm. if it really ever saw legacy play that much, but you know, it's often paired with things like faithless looting to dump it in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Oh, actually I'm going to take that back. There was a legacy intuition deck. So you would cast intuition for demigod of revenge Two of them would go into the graveyard. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Oh, cast, okay. You would cast the third and bring all, all three back. So that okay. That that was a deck that saw play for a hot minute. This deck is running for intuition, Jerry. Oh, it is the intuition build of it. <laughs> oh, fancy. Bringing it back. So this is actually a uh, a return, though this is definitely very different from like the intuition list that I saw right. before. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's also running sweet. two to fairy time raveler, which I'm trying to see. Okay. I guess it just stops people from forcing your demigod, right? Like, or well, your I mean, it's a fairy time raveler is just a good card all around. Like, true, true. like re- uh, resolving a, a to fairy time raveler uh, is really hard to beat uh, mm-hmm. from the combo player's perspective. Like if I'm a sneak and show or reanimated player and my opponent casts to fairy time raveler, um, it, basically means i'm gonna have a very hard time comboing because yeah. it doesn't matter how many counters it counter spells i have in my hand teferi is gonna stop me from casting any of them right right so teferi's very good anti-combo cards you know yep. on board hate um but yeah the other cool if you look at this brought back i, I don't I think know. i've ever I was seen gonna this. say this is a card I've, i have, i'm not super familiar with it's it's white white for instant choose up to two target permanent cards in your graveyard that were put there 
from the battlefield this turn. Return them to the battlefield tap. That's pretty good. Yeah. And by pretty good, I mean cool. That's Do we mention cool. the four grief as well? Uh, yeah, four grief. grief. Yep. All right, Pat. I'm going to let's see how much this one costs for me to rent. Maybe I can do this. Let's yeah, see. Grief, grief is target opponent, so you can't. Oh, this one I can actually play, Pat. I can actually play this deck. This one's only clocking in at 500 tickets. Jeez. <laughs> uh, it's got two ephemerate, right? Which is a single white instant. Exile target creature control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. It has rebound. And let's see, four fours, four intuition, and a lotus, and one lotus petal. This is also a sixty-one card deck, Jerry. I think, uh, I, I think uh, Chronicler is uh, a fan of the sixty-one card decks and always puts those in the full spice lists. Yeah, the full spice category. I mean, <laughs> as as you said, it is the sixty-first spicy slot. After yeah, all, of course, uh, uh, three Lake of the Dead, right? Which is a fan favorite. Yeah, Lake of the Dead, always cool to see uh, see play, and I'm sure that's used to uh, you know. Power out those demigods of revenge. <laughs> Indeed. Yep. Yep. Um, I think was it was it uh Cyrus who said it makes so many skulls? Is that what he is? I I, I think he was talking about Lake of the Dead when he mentioned that card. It makes so many skulls. Um, yeah. So Lake of the Dead there, which yeah, obviously again helps you power out demigod of revenge. Probably also not bad at helping power out Grave Titan as well, which is a uh, uh, it's a two of in this in this deck. Uh, and again, that's that's a card that can just win a game on its own, right? It's it's yeah can be pretty difficult to deal with six, six death touch and just makes a bunch of zombies. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's pretty sweet. Uh, the sideboard, let's see anything crazy here. Two cabal therapy, a flusher storm, two plague engineer, two serenity, um, an EE, two mystical, mystical dispute, three prismatic Ooh. ending and two surgical extraction. Oh, so what else did we talk about the ephemerate? No, I didn't mention it, but but you were kind of uh, I think you were scouring through how much this would cost for you to play. <laughs> yeah, <talk laughs> I, was just, I was distracted. I was like, no, oh, it's just, cool. It's cool. Uh, it's cool just because it's a way to trigger the demigod of revenge and then also the grave titan again. And oh, also right. Bale, oh, right, right, right. Actually, per, the grave titan. like all the creatures. So ephemerate one white exile target creature you control, then return to it to the battlefield under its owner's control and then rebound. Yep. So even if you're just doing that on a Baleful Strix, that turns a Baleful Strix into Ancestral Vision, or Ancestral right. Recall. Right. Because you're re you're rebounding each turn and drawing cards. So that, uh, you know, you probably wouldn't want to do Grave Titan because then you can't attack with it. But Demigod of Revenge allows you to kind of keep triggering the creatures so you can, even if they kill your Demigod, you can bring them back again. Yeah. Um, and then... And in greater numbers. And he, <laughs> just like just like sand people <laughs> just like sand people demigod or revenge always travel in single file lines <laughs> exactly to hide their numbers <laughs> exactly um but then also grief like you can uh yeah. you can ephemerate the grief and yep. uh <laughs> rip apart rip apart your your opponent's hand right yeah ephemerate oh and ephemerate's an instant so you can evoke grief and then ephemerate it. And then I'm pretty sure you get to keep the grief afterwards. Oh, it, really? Oh, yeah. That, that would make When sense, it comes right? back into play because it's not entering off of the evoke cost anymore. Right. I know some judge is probably going to tell me I'm wrong on that, but I would, I, I, I think that's how that interaction works. It is until someone tells you otherwise. Exactly. <laughs> that's how magic works. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty dope, though. I kind of like that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, they and they're a fun list too, actually. And they are also it's running. Yeah, I wish sometimes I had like a I had had kept more of the cards because like, I have like I used to have a bunch of these cards. Now I just don't anymore. Uh, well, this lucky, would be fun to play though. Lucky for you, Pat. We can uh, we can 
power it up on magic online and play it because i would really like to just like stream us doing another legacy league because that was really fun we should well maybe we'll do it this weekend yeah i'm gonna be around sweet um all right yeah uh if we do that by the way we will put it up on the facebook page and we'll stream it you know we'll do it we'll do the twitch thing because it's always a good time um yep uh yeah so that's it for the full spice lists and i'm a little tight on time tonight only because we got a late start because I had class before we recorded and I have an early morning tomorrow, but do we want to go into any of the semi-spice lists that you thought were kind of interesting? Uh, yeah, there was a couple of ones I just want to pick out. First yeah, yeah, of all, yeah. the uh, the eight mulch. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that one also uh, stuck out to me. So mulch is one in a green, sorcery reveal the top four cards of your library, put all land cards revealed this way into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Uh, the reason why it's called eight mulch is because winding way uh is a similar effect to mulch mm-hmm. um and then it's using like for life in the loam commune with spirits which is a card uh from the new kamigawa set uh one green for a sorcery look at the top four cards of your library you may reveal an enchantment or a land card from among them and put them into your hand put the rest of the battle fee- uh rest on the bottom of your library in a random order it's just another i wonder why they're running one of them you may reveal an enchantment or land card i guess it's not as good as mulch or winding way because it doesn't do all land cards it only does one land card right. i'm guessing that why that's why it's only um but yeah so and then nine mulch nine nine mulch <laughs> it's not quite a mulch effect yeah but it's, it's close you. it's close um but then other than that it's running like four mana bond which is a sweet card from the earliest days of legacy uh, one green for an enchantment on the beginning of your end step. You may reveal it uh, from your hand. You may reveal your hand and put all land cards from it onto the battlefield if you do discard your hand. Mm-hmm. So you can just cast like Mulch Winding Way and then Mana Bond and potentially put, you know, like eight lands onto the battlefield on, on a single turn, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is pretty <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's things. So then it looks like, you know, the obvious win condition here is only a single Dark Depths, one Dark Depths and two Thespian stage. Yeah, I I guess there's just so many ways to recur their lands, but four, I mean, they do have four exploration, four mana bonds. They're just going to vomit out a bunch of a bunch of lands. And they do have three Urza Saga, so that's another win condition they have here. Um, What else do they have? I guess you can ghost quarter your opponent to death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just like it feels like it's going to be a very arduous win because it, they're only weren't running a single expedition map to help tutor for it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I get it. You got the mulch and the winding ways to power through your deck, but still, I feel like I would want more chances to hit. I mean, yeah, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I've never played this deck, so right. I, they are running the four field of the dead, so maybe the the merit lage is really a plan B, and their main course of action is to win with field of the dead. Yeah. Is, is their primary win condition. Um, but yeah, it, it is just kind of interesting to see so few ways to they, to they do have they do have crop rotation in the sideboard, two crop rotation in the sideboard. So okay. So maybe if they're deciding, you know, game two and three, they want to go for the yeah. Marilage win, they're they're bringing in those crop rotations. Yep. Uh two Alpine Moon, a drop of honey, two force of vigor, three red blast, thran thran foundry in the sideboard, mind break trap endurance, which seems good here. Yeah, that's kind of a cool list too, actually. Yeah. Yep. Um, anything else, Jerry, that stuck out to you? Uh, well, we were always complaining about black white not having any relevant decks, and you know, black white decks need uh, a little bit of juice. And here we have Kazerban, 
running a black white humans list. Yeah. Yeah. So this thing's sweet. So <laughs> we're going to have to read most of these because they are not very comic guys. We've got three brutal Catholics. But Jerry, Jerry you're, not, you're not super familiar with General Kudrow of Draneth? No, not super familiar with General Kudrow of Draneth. <laughs> I hear he's a nice guy, though. I hear yeah. he's a nice guy. Yeah. Big shoulder pads. Big, Big shoulder, pads. shoulder pads. So we'll 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 skip to him. Uh he's one white black for a three-three. Uh he's a human lord, so other humans get plus one plus one. And then whenever the general or another human enters the battlefield under your control, exile target card from an opponent's graveyard, which is okay. We got incremental graveyard eight. Uh kind of relevant in this world of Merktide regions. Yeah. And then two sacrifice two humans, destroy target creature with power four or greater. Mm-hmm. So okay, keeping it on the on the small side, you know, only small creatures can hang out. Uh, but then we got th- three brutal cather, two and a white for two-two. When this creature enters the battlefield or transforms into Brutal Cathar Exile, target creature card and opponent controls until this creature leaves it, the it battlefield. It is Cathar, right? Not Cathar, like you keep saying. That's the that's the Boston accent. Br- brutal, <laughs> brutal pihos, right? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> brutal Cathar, please. Brutal Cathar. Brutal Cathar. Brutal Cathar sounds like a man's nightmare. Like that's oh god, that's um. <laughs> That's a is that uh, your new is that your new death metal band, Jerry? Brutal Catheter. <laughs> Speaking of uh new death metal, I am into a new death metal band, Pat. Have you heard oh. of this band called Eskimo Cowboy? Eskimo Cowboy? No. Eskimo I have not. Cowboy. All right, we're gonna we're gonna take a break real fast so Pratt can do a reaction video. We got the moves, we got the moves, and everybody's like, oh fuck yeah, that's the way to go. Uh, Justin, maybe you can play a, a 30 second clip of some Eskimo Cowboy. Hey, hold on. The, the pictures that are coming up do not look like death metal. <laughs> Just FYI. Um, put on uh, Hypa Hypa. That's that's my favorite. Hypa, song. Okay. Hypa Hypa. I see it right here. Yep. This looks like an 80s group. Like that's their aesthetic. Hold on. I'm looking at a Hertz commercial right now. Give me a second. No, no worries. I'll give you a hint, Pat. Uh, their uh, music genre classification is pop synth death metal. Oh, geez. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> All right. Already. I'm kind of, hold on already. I'm Dude, kind it's of a, a jam. Of Cause it's a jam. I don't know if you noticed, but I, I have, I started uh, going with the mullet here. So uh, I'm seeing this whole band has mullets. So I'm kind of excited about oh, this. their whole thing is they wear different wigs in every music video. <laughs> okay. All right. Is this English or is this a different language? They're German, but they sing in English. Okay. 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 <laughs> oh, I got to put in both headphones for this. I'm hoping Justin cuts in like a 30 second clip for our listeners to get an idea. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I got you to put your hands up part. Uh, I'm a fan. Dude, all their stuff. Is I, I, do, I just love the uh, slightly chunky bass player that instead of like jumping around like everyone else is just kind of like in place playing bass behind them. That is really, really, really good. And basically my aesthetic for life. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, they're amazing. Um, uh hypa hype. So so this is this is a this is a band. And that does not take itself too seriously. They know, which is like, which is a really, really fast way to my heart. So they actually entered Eurovision the 
this year. If uh, if you know what Eurovision is, yeah, that's like a uh, it's like a that's isn't that like a European American Idol kind of thing? But like for ridiculous, like in in order to be oh, on okay. Eurovision, like you have to just be like over the top, like ridiculous, like like Kiss would be considered too normal for Eurovision. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. I can see why these guys are on it then. Yep. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, I like it, Jerry. Thank you for, thank you for teaching that. Check them out. All their their stuff is awesome. All right. All right. I love it. Uh, All right. Back to this uh, humans list. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Let's just run through it real quick. Um, So four Esper Sentinel, uh, which you actually mentioned earlier tonight, uh, three General Kudrow, I wonder if that's Lisa's father. Anyway, uh, four kite sail freebooter. Wait, who's Lisa? My name is Regina Falange. Two luminarch aspirant, four mother of runes, two Orzhov pontiff, Wait, four go, Thalia go back. Who's Lisa? and four Thalia's lieutenant. I'm, no, Joe, we're not even going into it. We're just going right past that. Uh, and four Aether Vial, and the rest are uh, is land, the land package here. Four Cavern, two Eganjo, uh, Seat of the Empire, two Caracas, three Marsh Flats, two Plains, two Scrublands, Two silent clearing. Okay, that's just uh, that's okay. the draw, uh, the draw dual yeah. land. Uh, one swamp, four wasteland. I love that the like the basic lands right now are coming up as the uh, the Kamigawa full art ones. Yeah, yeah. The, the com- yeah, really, really cool. Big fan, big fan. Um, they won't ever replace my betas, but um, I like them for what they are. So for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, that's pretty sweet. Um sideboard just a pontiff two deafening silence two kataki wars wage two mind break trap two cathar commando it's one in a white hue okay all right all right so that just just uh tar that's artifact or enchantment hey basically um two campbell console of allocation okay so that's basically storm hate i would think right like whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell that player loses two life you gain two life that seems like a great storm hate card. Um, and four Leyline of the Void. That's kind of a cool list too. Again, not like you have to really like playing humans to like play a deck like play a deck like this, right? Like, yeah. I imagine the I imagine the floor is very low in a deck like this. It uh it kind of goes to show that this is why we don't see that many black white lists <laughs> because yeah. it's like this is kind of the best black white has to offer, and it's right. It's not that great. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. Like this, this, this deck is super cool. Yeah. And, but I just don't see this being a tier one deck anytime. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's, I, it's probably like, I, again, I don't want to say thriving because, you know, like we said in the, in the, in the, in the, in the earlier on the show, it's, 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 a, they're the five O lists, right? So anyone can really get a five Oh, if you grind hard enough. And, and so, you know, a five Oh does not mean that it's like the new meta or anything, but um, they're worth, you know, worth checking out. But again, it's, it's something that's out there, right? Something that's out there, something that's being worked on tinkered with. And don't get me wrong. Like I want black white to be good. Like I want dead guy ale to make a comeback. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just like, I, I struggle to think like, what does the deck actually need to be relevant again? Right. And it's like, what is something that the deck could get that wouldn't make another deck just absolutely busted? Because yeah, if you make a super busted, w- cheap white creature, it's just going to make death and taxes insanely good. Which is going to displace any humans list anyway, right? Right. Because like, it's just a better deck. Right. So you're limited to like, okay, it pretty much has to be a black creature or a black white creature. 
Yep. And I, even then I just think of, you know, what could they actually print that would actually make it, you know, relevant, you know, cause mm-hmm. you have to basically be asking yourself, you know, it's, it shares a lot of similar cards with, um, you know, death and taxes. It's definitely a different mm-hmm. strategy from death and taxes, but um, you know, what, what could you actually give this deck to make it a tier one competitor? Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to start wrapping it up? Yeah, let's wrap it up, Pat. Let's wrap it up. All right. Sorry for the short episode this week, guys. Again, I I, I have uh, I got home late. Well, I had class tonight, so we're just in the time. It's crunch, also, but I'm also our second some of these decks. Second time recording the episode too. <laughs> that too. Yeah, that too. Yeah, we started and and we've got like 10, 15 minutes in, and there for some reason there was this weird delay with Zoom, and Jerry and I were talking over each other unintentionally it was very awkward and not not good so we scrapped it was it. very much like anyway, uh, you know you, you make eye contact with someone in the elevator and you don't know if you should say hello or not and <laughs> i never break eye contact in the elevator oh, oh it's you... about set, it's it's about sending a message jerry are you okay? one of those people who like if there's mirrors on the inside of the elevator you look at the other person in the eye through the reflection in the mirror yes and then i slowly <laughs> bring my gaze eye to eye with them never blinking Ah, uh, good Creep, yeah. creep I, I run elevators alone most of the time believe it or not crazy right i actually don't allow i don't allow anyone else to come in the elevator with me i, I was like no sorry vips hey can, can, can we do some user mail some um some uh pay patreon mail real quick yeah because i have one from the end of january i keep forgetting to- jesus <laughs> man <laughs> so this is from uh chris james uh this was after we had t- talked with gavin by the way um and i'm just gonna read it real quick oh uh so funny, he mentions, hey, we should have Zach Cook on for a guest, which we ended up. And we had Zach Cook on. Uh, so you're yeah, um, you're welcome. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. So I'm such a horrible. Um, I am so sorry, Chris, about this. Um, but <laughs> he does mention Zach. He's been doing an, an awesome job with that. And he uh, he d- also he's the second part of his email uh, beside, you know, beyond suggesting a guest that we already that we had on. on but, you know, again. I am really late to get into this, but um, he just, he listened to Gavin very episode and he wanted to add a support for a legacy format panel. Um, and uh, yeah, he wants to get away at contacting him. I'll send him something to do with that. And uh, yeah, he, he would love to see a, a legacy format panel, kind of like the way they have for, uh, for other formats. So yeah, uh, thank you very much for that, Chris. Discussion around that has kind of died out. So if that is something you guys really want to say, keep pushing wizards for it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't go on Twitter anymore. So maybe people are talking wizards about this on Twitter, but you know, tweet at them, you know, talk to wizards, people at events and things like that. And, you know, just keep asking for a legacy panel, keep it at the forefront of their mind. Cause that's the only way it's going to actually happen. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, I have another one from, from Michael Van Hornbeck. Um, oh, sorry. Hornbeek, I believe um, from, from February, but we're going to talk about that in the next episode. Cause he gave me kind of a lengthy email, but he actually was uh, looking for some info on Robert Wilson. Cause he wants to start running his own bi-weekly tournaments uh, in his own, his own place in Europe. So uh, we will, I will get back to him on that as well. So we get the emails. I just forget to look at them when we're recording and then, then I'm an asshole. So I apologize for that. But, um, but yeah, so thank you guys for sending the emails in. If you want to get a hold of us, it's uh leaving legacy at hipstersofthecoast.com, or you can email me directly if you want. I think it's puglow at gmail.com. If you want to send me something directly or Jerry, Jerry has an email. I'm sure too. Uh, you can probably find that somewhere on the, uh, yeah, on the it's a uh, puglow at gmail.com. There you go. My, sec- you my go. secretary will handle it and then send me all Perfect. the relevant information. <laughs> yeah. But he might be a month and a half late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got to fire my secretary. <laughs> yeah. He's terrible. He's terrible. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, 
uh, Jerry, thanks for thanks for coming on this week and, and hanging out with us. And I'll find a new co-host next week. And, uh, <laughs> and we appreciate you. Running. No, <laughs> um, no, this is this is good, man. I'm, I'm happy to be back. Uh, sorry, I missed last week. It was just, man, as an electrician, sometimes you can't leave until the power's on. That's just how it is. Uh, I was telling Jerry, I had to stay late last week uh, unexpectedly. And then Saturday, I uh, know unrelated to the podcast, but I was at work for 15 hours on Saturday because you can't leave till it's done, you know? So, um, but anyway, I'm here tonight and, uh, thank you, Jerry, for hanging out, man. Thank you everyone for listening and, uh, and we'll catch y'all. Oh, do we want to do scoops first? It's been so long. Do you have any scoops, Jerry, this week? Scoop. I'm going to scoop at Eskimo Cowboy for being badasses. Okay. All right. <laughs> Justin, play us out with some Eskimo Cowboy. All right, let's, let's go. go. <laughs> <laughs> Get that flow. Let's go. <laughs> oh, they have like pump. Okay. Pump it. Great song. Uh, MC Thunder. Great song. It's about oh, stealing man. a Cadillac. <laughs> All right. Cadillac, we got to get out of here before Jerry like, recites the entire uh, That's not my Cowboy, Cadillac. whatever it's called. <laughs> Eskimo Cowboy. <laughs> I will. I'll put him on Eskimo my Spotify tomorrow. I'll be pumping it anywhere. My, my journey. Check him out. What the fuck is this? <laughs>